Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hey everyone, and welcome to It Could Happen Here. I'm Andrew, of the YouTube channel Andrewism. And I'd like to borrow some of your time today or tonight or whenever you're listening to talk about movement. The fact that humans move around and the most inane restrictions on it in our modern world. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts. Hello, Garrison here. Hi, it's James as well. Right. Glad to be here and to be here with you guys. So even before I was an anarchist, I would say that there were three things I really despised. Things I despised from like a fairly early age. That being the education system, advertising, and borders. Now, I believe freedom of movement is fundamental. I don't know if that's controversial or anything. But these days, it feels like it has reached a point of, of like really great restriction. More so, I think, than 
at most points of human history. So I want to talk about the history of borders, the role of borders, and the fight against borders. Now, to give you some context, in case you can tell by my accent, I'm from the Caribbean, particularly from Trinidad and Tobago. And being from an island nation, a twin island nation, actually, um, I have been made aware of the constant through history that has been inter-island migration. Whether you're talking about the Polynesian migrations across the Pacific, whether you're talking about even within the Malay archipelago or the Philippine archipelago, or even when you're talking about, of course, the Caribbean, there's always been, you know, this movement of people going from island to island, you know? Like Trinidad is very close to northeastern Venezuela, only 11 kilometers off the coast of northeastern Venezuela. Our northern range, literally called northern range, is an extension of Venezuela's maritime Andes Mountains. But the connections do end there. Human settlements in Trinidad dates back at least 7,000 years. In fact, one of the oldest human settlements discovered in the eastern Caribbean, the Banwari Trace site, is found in southeastern Trinidad. One of the leading theories of human dispersal across the world places the migration of the Caribbean as beginning in Trinidad and going up the Antillian chain. A lot of the indigenous groups that settled in Trinidad and in the other islands north of Trinidad have for the most part migrated up the Orinoco River in what is now Venezuela. So exchange and migration between the continent and the island has continued undisturbed freely for thousands of years before the arrival of the Spanish. And today in our free, quote-unquote, post-colonial, quote-unquote, world, what was once the norm is now criminalized. Now you have to go through this proper process in order to migrate. You have to ask permission from governments who draw these invisible lines, or in some cases, violently physical lines in the sand, and demand a deference. And yet still, migration continues, because migration is a constant of human existence, legal and illegal. The recent Venezuela crisis and subsequent migration is just another uptake of the same. Refugees, desperate to escape the press and thumb of American imperialism and Venezuelan government mismanagement and all the compounding issues that have caused the Venezuelan crisis have been fleeing to Colombia, to Brazil, to the Dutch Caribbean islands, to the other Latin American countries, and of course, to Trinidad. A lot of this migration is extorted by opportunists, facilitated by the organized crime of human traffickers. Because when you try to restrict that kind of demand, when you illegalize that kind of movement, uh, the people on the margins will try to take advantage of those who, are, who need to move around because that need is still there. And so lines also, of course, not, well, not necessarily creating, but they serve to exacerbate issues like xenophobia, which is you know, only amplified by the existence of borders. And they also deal with, due to their paperless status, a lot of gross exploitation because they struggle to find work and secure the basic necessities of life. 
The Venezuelan refugee crisis is a disaster I've seen unfold before my own eyes, one I've witnessed firsthand, and one that is facilitated and exacerbated by the existence of borders. And I've seen similar issues occur in other parts of the world too. You know, borders are enforced between the US and Mexico, between Haiti and Dominican Republic, between Spain and Morocco, between Europe and the Swana region, between India and Pakistan, between Australia and Indonesia, um, between Palestine and Israel. And being journalists, I'm sure you guys have experienced, perhaps firsthand, other examples of the violent enforcement of borders. James, you have any experiences? Yeah, for sure. I actually live uh, just uh, about the same distance you live from Venezuela. I live about the same distance from the US border with Mexico. So I've spent quite a lot of my journalistic career crossing the border and, and reporting on the border. And like, it's as you said, it's become increasingly violently enforced and it's just ugly scar on a, on the landscape now. And it, it's, uh, I don't know, I often like to say the border doesn't protect people, it controls people. Yep. It's, yeah, it's a very cruel and vicious and, and entirely arbitrary distinction between what is Kumi land to the north of the border and Kumi land to the south of the border in my case. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The way that borders have cut through um, the homelands of many different indigenous groups has been absolutely disastrous for them. This has taken place in, of course, the U.S., um, and most, I suppose, recognizably in Africa, uh, where these colonial borders have been causing tremendous harm to this day. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I remember just talking of like weird border things. I remember in 2020, just before the pandemic, I was on the border between uh, Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, like when you, it, it just seems so absurd like to think that, you know, some literally some old, old dude in, in England drew a line on a map or whatever in Germany. But one of the things that it creates is this weird situation where plastic bags are illegal in Rwanda because they're trying to protect the environment and they're not in Congo. So there's like this illegal arbitrage, like trade of, of plastic bags across this border. And it's just such an odd and constructed and entirely unnecessary and strange sort of uh, legacy of, of the colonial plunder of Africa. Yeah, I didn't even hear of that before, and that sounds quite interesting. Um, he says between Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Yeah, I think it's Giseni, the border town there. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. People, will, people will come yeah. across with their plastic bags. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. I, I know they're attempting to unify... Democratic Republic of the Congo, Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, South Sudan, um, I think Djibouti and, no, not Djibouti, um, and Somalia, and a few other places, I think, into like an East African federation. So, yeah. be interesting to see how those um, yeah, <laughs> discrepancies I mean, and laws develop. <laughs> yeah, the Rwandan border with Congo is, uh, there's a soldier every 50 meters with a, uh, with a big machine gun. Uh, even going right through the middle of the uh, like Nyungwe rainforest, which is very remote by Rwandan standards. Rwanda's a, a busy country with lots of people, but yeah, <laughs> that's a very militarized border right now. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. That reminds me, it's a less militarized example. Um, I mean, people point out the disparity between the U.S.-Canada border and the U.S.-Mexico border. 
Yeah. But I remember reading a story somewhere about how a person on the Canadian side um, had like, they could very easily cross over onto the US side, but there was like a, a state trooper or something just standing there. And it's like, if you cross over, I have to arrest you. <laughs> and it just, it's like, you're right there. We are literally having a conversation face to face. And yet if I walk over this arbitrary designation, I have to be jailed. Yeah. You know? It's bizarre. There's a very arbitrary, the, the, the border between Myanmar and Thailand is, is a funny example like that, where like it's a river and um, this has unfortunately resulted in people trying to cross it here, unable to swim, dying, which is terrible. Right. Um, but one thing that happens is like, if you're in the river, you're in neither country. And so people will make stilts, like little stands on stilts, um, which come up to the, the level of the river bank. Uh, such that they can stand in like no man's land or every man's land, maybe or everyone's land, uh, and, and sell alcohol without paying the Thai taxes and fees <laughs> to people who are standing on the bank in Thailand. And again, it just really illustrates how stupid and arbitrary this whole thing is. Yeah. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So, 
as we're talking about the absurdity of borders, I suppose it's only fair to get into their history. Because for most of the world and for most of human existence, really, free movement has been the status quo. Traders, migrants, hunter-gatherers, nomads, they freely traversed this little blue marble, as they call it. Of course, many ethnic groups maintain certain relationships with particular lands, but even when city-states on such rules, it was rare for rulers to delineate precisely where their realm ended and another's began. The first, like, large-scale restrictions really arose under the Roman Emperor Constantine in the 4th century, when he forbade serfs from leaving their lord's land. Documents, of course, had to be created to request safe passage, to ask, O king, will you please allow me to move from point A to point B? My lord, your majesty, sir, whatever. (laughs) What one may call the first passports is what quickly arose. The medieval era essentially bound large parts of Europe's population in place by serfdom, and movement was viewed by rulers as ruinous to their law and order. They needed static populations to stay in place so that taxation and the raising of troops and whatever they wanted to extract could easily be extracted. Because, you know, if, if these peasants were able to just move as they pleased, they would probably try to evade taxation that got a little bit too excessive. Um, they would probably try to evade the oppression of their rulers. And that they did. I mean, throughout feudalism, peasant revolts and uprisings were very commonplace. And it's due to those revolts of the masses that serfdom would come into a decline as wage labor rose in the 15th and 16th centuries. But that didn't mean that free movement came back because now people were a commodity that a country's government wanted to keep within its borders. So rulers offered citizenship and tax incentives in order to encourage migration. And yet while they were encouraging migration, they were also kicking people out. So countries like Spain and France were either executing or expelling ethnic and religious minorities en masse. So this period would also bring about the rise of, you know, nationalism, which would tap into an earlier sense of, um, I suppose, connection and sort of subvert that from connection to community to connection to this abstract notion of nation-state the imaginary community of the nation. Nationalism in Europe would attempt to unify a vast and diverse range of cultural groups and classes under one state while defining themselves against outsiders. And of course, this ruling class meta-narrative exists as a mechanism of manufactured meaningless loyalty in order to control you. But that's a topic for another time. This era has also been described as one of the largest periods of involuntary migration in human history. 
that being the transatlantic slave trade, which trafficked an estimated 12.5 million enslaved African people between the 16th and 19th century. But there was this one key moment in the history of borders that would have lasting effects to today. At the end of the Thirty Years' War, the Peace of Westphalia was signed by 109 principalities and touchies and imperial kingdoms, which basically agreed in 1648 that a state's borders were inviolable and an absolute sovereign state could not interfere in the domestic affairs of another. Now, of course, this is all just talk, right? At the end of the day, states have continued to interfere with the domestic affairs of others, would continue to violate the borders of other states. There are plenty of border disputes that are alive and well, some decades or even centuries old um, on this planet. And then, of course, this whole idea of Westphalian sovereignty would not really be applied <laughs> to people outside of Europe. The actual inhabitants of the interesting-looking maps that the Westphalian era produced were not actually made privy to any of those um, decisions about the drawing of borders. They would also be moving, of course, people continuously. So, you know, Spain was kicking out um, Jewish people and Moors, and people who related to heretics as in the Inquisition. Um, the British was moving their dissenters, criminals, and general pains in the Bumsey to settle, colonize in places like Australia, which is why Australia is like that. And um, things progress a bit further. You have the notion of free trade and free market gaining some ground, thanks to Adam Smith's new school of economics. And at the same time, concerns of overpopulation, Alamalthus, Malthus, underemployment, and social unrest in Europe led governments to start facilitating emigration, moving out their colonies to a more general free-for-all settler colonialism, which would lead to domestic depopulation in Europe. And then there was another shift as tends to be the case in human history, as in the 19th century, migrants from now underdeveloped regions began to stream towards the more developed areas in droves. So you had North Africans going to France, Italians and Irish headed to New York, and all the while, of course, racism and xenophobia festering and proliferating as nationalists whipped up fear against the so-called threats to their nation. Of course, Italians and Irish were eventually assimilated into the hegemonic notion of whiteness, but North Africans in France have not been so lucky. Oh, I suppose lucky, quote unquote, because there's a whole conversation about how whiteness destroys. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Cultures and erases the unique identities that these people would have come up with in an effort to unite them against minorities such as African Americans in the U.S. you see this period of lockdown, of this increased nationalism and these restrictions. These border restrictions would also try to manipulate um, access to certain technologies. Um, The telegraph, the railroad, yes, they enabled central governments to assert their presence across their whole territory, but they would also try to compete with other nations um, and keep certain secrets regarding technology. See that particularly um, during the Cold War, but we'll get to that a bit later. During the First World War, we have the death of some 16 million people, the Great War, um, as you should probably call it if you ever happen to time travel to that period. I don't think people would want to hear that this is just the first (laughs) two World Wars. (laughs) But after the World War, um, the Great War... Um, the segregationist Woodrow Wilson, who was U.S. president at the time, proposed 14 points to the international community in order to prevent such horrors. And one of those core principles of the 14 points was that the globe's borders be redrawn along clearly recognizable lines of nationality. And like I said before, this is, of course, just in Europe. It's not like any of these world leaders actually cared about the territories they carved up in Africa. And I think there was a point that I wanted to make about technology and 
how technology has been restricted. Because when you look at, again, the railroad and telegraph, while they enabled central governments to assert their presence and assert their control unlike ever before, the potential of these technologies was kind of lost. Yes, the railroad and the telegraph can help a government assert its control over its territory, but it can just as easily empower people to travel further and faster than they ever had before, to communicate across greater distances than they ever had before. And instead, in the hands of the state, these technologies are, of course, used for oppressive ends. Back to the end of the First World War. In the post-war period, which saw the collapse of four European empires, Ottoman, Russian, Austro-Hungarian, and German, millions of refugees were left in a world where immigration controls had continued to tighten and passports gained greater prominence. Last, once the nation-state was cemented in place, fascism and Nazism would quickly arise to guard its supposed purity. The world would once again be plunged into war the second one this time, which would again leave millions of uprooted and displaced people that states like Switzerland, quote-unquote neutral, and the U.S. would largely refuse to assist. After the Second World War, nation-building would continue to displace and slaughter millions of ethnic and religious minorities. Millions of refugees have been dismissed from lands that have been colonized and imperialized and intervened with wars and wrecked with just the destruction of climate change and poverty. And yet immigration controls only tighten further and they will likely continue to tighten due to the effects of climate migration and climate collapse. Especially in our post-9-11 reality, U.S. Border Patrol in particular has escalated to employ 20,000 agents and Israel runs the largest open-air prison in the world. These days, militarized borders with heavily guarded barbed wire and electrified fences, which were once common in times of war, have now been a staple of times of peace. These imaginary lines on a map have become in some places violent fixtures on the landscape where thousands of people lose their lives every year for simply trying to cross. We've entered an era of essentially bordering without precedent. And thanks to today's technology, governments know more now about the people they govern, the people within their territory, than at any point prior in human history. Cross-border surveillance keeps neighbors in the know, managing and monitoring their populace like lab rats. Data has become more valuable than black gold itself. These governments have chosen to wall and survey. This is our world now. It's not some future cyberpunk dystopia. The surveillance capitalist hellscape is here now. And borders have an important role to play. Borders are a power structure. They're a system of control. As the writers at Crime Think have said, there is only one world and the border is tearing it apart. And I think the idea of borders extends much further than just a nation's borders. When you look at the internet firewalls, the checkpoints, the hidden databases, 
the for-profit prisons and the gated communities, all these different boundaries enforced by ceaseless violence, enforced by deportation, enforced by vigilante attacks, by street harassment, by torture. All of these boundaries are holding us back and tearing us apart. Migrants, due to their vulnerable status, are often the first targets when it comes to economic downturn, repression, surveillance, and scapegoating. Nations wield a fear of this other. And they use that to prevent their people from fighting for better. They turn their ire towards another victim. And that's not even get into all the different categories that have been constructed. Migrant, expat, refugee, asylum seeker, illegal alien. And that one in particular really grinds my gears. Because it is, I believe, the pinnacle of dehumanization to look at a person whose dice just man just managed to like just by happenstance fell on the other side of the border to look at them and to deem them alien, to deem them illegal, to brand them that, to not even acknowledge their humanity when referring to them. And it's become a normalized part of political discourse to speak of illegal aliens. But I don't think we should forget just how violent that kind of language is. It's particularly violent when you count for the fact that while these borders are used to restrict people on the lowest rung of society, Capital has very few restrictions. In fact, it has much less restrictions than people. The rich and their capital can cross borders with ease, go from place to place without much processing. In fact, we look at Jeff Bezos and we say that, oh, well, he's the richest man in the world. Forbes says so. But when you account for the wealth that has not been accounted for. I think it must be put into perspective that Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, etc. They are the richest people that we know of. Not necessarily the richest. Our global economy has also been, of course, moving resources for a while now. Resources have more freedom than people. The unequal and uneven development has extracted minerals and materials from some parts of the world, processed them in other parts of the world, manufactured them in other parts of the world, and then sold worldwide for the profits to be hoarded by a select few countries and a select few people. These wealthy countries plunder the poor and then brutalize those who follow where the opportunities have been taken. But I don't think that one's opportunities, one's freedom, one's freedom should be restricted by where they were born or by the wealth that they do or do not control. Passport inequality is an issue that should not exist. Passports should not exist. Palestinians can travel visa-free to only 38 countries and territories, yet those in the West Bank are restricted by, viol- by violent checkpoints. 
and those who live in Gaza, Kali the Strip at all. Meanwhile, other regions enjoy vast visa-free travel, such as Germans who have access to 191 countries and territories, or the Japanese, who enjoy the most freedom visa-free of all, with 193 countries available to them. A billionaire like Elon Musk could fly wherever he wants in his private jet. A political prisoner like Ojori Lutalu can be kept in solitary for years on end. Traditional seafaring channels and land has been militarized and guarded by these vast navies, by these vast troops, by these these machines, these structures that disconnect and unravel the deep ties between communities. Borders turn us all into prisoners. And I think it's about time we resisted them. As the underground railroads of anti-Nazi and anti-slavery resistance has shown, everyday people can help everyday people, no matter the obstacles. If you live in a border, a sanctuary city, or a migrant community, there are probably already groups that are putting in this work. And you could join that infrastructure resistance. If not, you can help to create that infrastructure to connect with people who are affected by borders in ways that you aren't. I mean, perhaps you have a neighbor or a co-worker who's undocumented and could use a helping hand. Try to connect cross-border, formal and informal, public and clandestine. Because these connections, these networks, or how people move, live, and evade state violence. I, obviously, I can't speak for every situation because different people's you know, legal status, language, ability, education level, gender, race, class, commitments, and ability would affect their contribution to this uh, anti-borders movement. But however you do decide to contribute, I hope that you would remember who it is we are trying to help. We're not trying to act as, you know, these saints for the media. And I recognize the irony of saying saints in particular, considering my old YouTube name. But media is not our focus. The audience of our actions is not public opinion. It is those we want fighting with us. People who need our help. People who know violence of borders firsthand. So they get into direct action to, you know, directly affect the material outcomes of people influenced by borders. You know, whether you're helping a migration prisoner manage to escape or helping one person get a roof over their head, helping an asylum case, helping a person who is trapped in this system to find the strength to get through a day. These actions reverberate in our communities and they can help others do the same. We also need, of course, more infrastructure, networks, alliances, skills and resources to be cultivated to strengthen our autonomy from these structures and to develop our ability to defend against them. And of course, these actions should be rooted in some strategy, long-term and short-term, for overcoming this regime once and for all. Just for a final word, I would say that there is nothing necessary or inevitable about borders. 
Only the violence of their most ardent believers keep them in place. And without them, borders would cease to exist. Borders can only exist if they are enforced. And together, we can make borders unenforceable. Together, we can create a world in which everyone is free to travel, free to create, and free to exist on their own terms. And that's it. If you like what I spoke about in this episode, or if you just like to hear my voice, feel free to check out my YouTube channel, Andrewism, and you can support me on patreon.com slash true, or follow me on Twitter, at underscore St. Drew. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.